All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. 2022 edition of the Monday Night Hammer that is now on Thursday nights at 5 p.m. As long as there's a one-off game, uh, we'll allow it as our scheduled time for uh, fantasy goodness. I'm Nick, uh, a.k.a. at run underscore the underscore Sims on Twitter. I'm joined by Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. Um, how you doing, buddy? Recently graduated? Recently graduated, still in grad school. So it's it's... It okay. feels like nothing's changed, but it, everything has at the same time. It's a very weird dynamic I have going on. Stay in school as long as you can. That's that's some advice oh, from a, 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 30, in, a 30 year old. I'm in no rush over here. No rush at all. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to see you. Um, the people aren't here to hear about us, though. They're here to hear about um, everything that happened in week one injury news uh, we have for you. A couple of narratives um, and situations that we want to zoom in on uh, some arrow up, arrow down situations. Uh, and then we'll give you some takes for tonight's game and maybe give you a winning lineup uh, for the showdown slate. Maybe. Are you playing showdown this year? I, I, I am lo- loading up uh, a weekly matchup with my a good friend of mine. We compete. We put a DFS lineup for every primetime game against each other, and then we tally up whoever has the most wins at the end of the year. It's a blast. Okay. All right. Well, um, I have a model that will uh, optimize a lineup based off of like eight different projection models because I'm a crazy person. So we'll share Naturally. that with the people as well. Lovely. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Uh, maybe you can give us uh, what what your takes are because the lineups that I generate with those are pretty weird. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's start with uh, Dak, uh, thumb surgery. He's going to be out at least four weeks. Jerry Jones is very optimistic. He's got that cowboy hot dog. Cowboy hat doctor that's probably going to clear Dak uh, before he's ready. Uh, I just think that the Cowboys are a, a big time mess this year. Um, offensive line injuries, Dak injury, um, stay away from them. Um, do you have anything uh, to add to Dak going down? Um, no, I was I was worried about the Cowboys coming into this year as well. I bet the under on their t- uh, team wins, which was at ten. It's not good, and I don't think he's going to be back in four weeks either. Every doctor, every report that came out was six weeks. And then mm-hmm. Jerry Jones is like, he'll do it in four, which yeah. Jerry Jones is not a doctor. The hat doctor. That's the takeaway there. He yeah. may be back early, but um, I'm, he's not going to be I back. mean, I traded uh, Dak. I love when we talk about Dynasty because uh, I love Dynasty. There, love there are a few people in this world that love Dynasty fantasy football more than Michael Sicoli. It's true. Um, it's true. I traded preseason and I, it was one of those trades that like people are upset because they thought I was just spewing value and making the league worse overall. Sure. I traded Irv's for, I traded Dak away for Irv Smith and a 2023 first. That's probably going to be mid to early. Um, in a, in a non super flex. That's a super flex. Oh, it is super flex. Oh, I think that's yeah. fair. I think that's a yeah. fair deal. Yeah. So now I'm, I'm weighing, I'm, I'm trying to do uh, something similar in another league that I have Dak. Um, I, I don't know why it's more of a gut thing than anything. Um, I just don't have a ton of confidence in Dak's ability. Can you talk me out of that? Is he still a good quarterback if he's healthy? I'll say that he is still a good quarterback. Good quarterback. Never wasn't. I just think, yes, he, he looked terrible in that week one. Tampa mm-hmm. is an excellent defense. Yeah. Mike McCarthy is one of the worst head coaches in the league, if not the worst. And Kellen Moore... That, that that leash is too long. I'm sorry. We've been through this too many years. It's not working. Yeah. And Mike Gallup's not there. They got rid of Mike Cooper and brought in really nobody to replace him. And that offensive line is in shambles. Total yeah. shambles. With yeah. just Zach Martin as someone that I respect. Everyone else, complete garbage. So it's. I don't think it's a good team. I think it's just mm-hmm. not a good offense. And I don't think there's much and I to think do Dak, with it. 
Dak will kind of lift that team up a little bit. Uh, I'm worried about like, and we'll talk dynasty just really quickly. Um, I'm worried about the long-term Dak value just because the team environment is bad, but I think Dak makes for a pretty easy scapegoat. Um, kind yes. of like, a, I think, I think we may have a, an, an early Russell Wilson with the Seahawks situation brewing. They do not, the, the fans like to blame a lot of the Cowboys struggles on Dak Prescott. Uh, if you read like fan beats, you know, those yep. fan websites. Um, yeah. The, the no, actual yeah. beat for, out of the Cowboys, the, like, like the people that went to school for this stuff, like you, um, they're at best on the fence about Dak. I don't think there's like, and then Jerry Jones, I mean, those are big time investments for him, Zeke and, and Dak. Like, I just, I, I think that tide can flip if they don't make the playoffs this year. And the Eagles look like a wagon. The, the commanders don't look bad. I mean, the Cowboys might not be the best, uh, or might be the third or fourth best team and not a very strong division as well. I, I think without Dak, they are, if not the worst. So, yeah, I mean, he's under contract in a, with a deal that they really can't get out of through 2024. I think this offseason, I, I really do think this year is almost over for the Cowboys before it even started. I'm not that interested. Yeah. I don't think they were prepared yeah. going into it. And I think the entire NFC East got better while they got worse. So it's really going to come down to what they do this offseason. And I, I think Dak's a good quarterback. I think he's a very good quarterback. I just don't think that he's going to be able to overcome a crappy offensive line, a crappy system, and a, sh- a real lack of weapons. I don't think Schultz yeah. is great. I think CeeDee Lamb is very good. But they have no one to take the top off on the outside. And it was relentlessly said on the broadcast. But C.D. Lamb is in the inside. Dalton Schultz is on the inside. There is nobody threatening deep. So it's so easy to defend when you are so two-dimensional. And it's yeah. it's it's just really also, poorly planned. That team was lifted up a little bit by some pretty crazy defensive play, like luck. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're, a, they're, they uh, have playmakers. They have playmakers on defense. Michael Parsons yeah. is one of the best defensive players in football right now. Jared I mean, Priest, they still yeah. they still ran hot. It, it, like imagine like a wide receiver scoring on like three fifty yard bombs, sure. um, and then also having like solid production. They're they're an above average defense, but they're not the best defense in the league. Um, and they're not a defense like no defense is going to consistently score defensive touchdowns. It's yeah. just it's just not the way the NFL works. It's not the way that the volatility and the the randomness of the NFL works. Um, but we'll skip over Keenan and Elijah Mitchell. Um, for now, because we're going to touch on them um, when we talk about tonight's game and some of our uh, arrow up, arrow down players. But Godwin, Evans, Julio, Tom Brady's three top wide receivers, um, all banged up. Godwin, I don't get it. They rushed him back. He, yep. we, I guess we're calling it a compensation injury where he was maybe favoring his ACL leg and uh, strained his hamstring on the either the same leg or the other leg. It doesn't matter. Um, when you come back from these injuries, you're going to be compensating because you're not quite trusting it yet. And that's what happened. So don't expect him back for, I mean, I don't think they put him on IR or anything, but they're going to shelf him for a few weeks um, out of, I mean, they're just a little scared. It's a hamstring. It's tricky. Yeah. Evans, especially a hamstring coming off an ACL. It's just, you don't want to compound those injuries. Um, Evans and Julio also missed today. Um, Do you have any specific uh, report on them? Uh, Should fantasy managers be uh, worried about their availability on Sunday? I'm not super worried about Julio as much as there's just a lack of information on all of them. Julio, obviously, I'm not worried about it because Julio has a very long history in recent years of missing 
time during the week and then he's totally fine. This is kind of what he does. He takes practices off. Mike Evans, I'm a little bit more nervous about just because if anybody rem- remembers in the game, there was a red zone situation where Mike Evans was on the field and we were like, where is he? And he came back after halftime and it was fine. But he, it was because he hurt his ankle and now he's taping it up and practicing. I think he's totally going to play through it. This is Mike Evans. He's a tough player, but it, it's just something to monitor in case it flares up during the game. I think he's fine. I'm not worried about either. It's Godwin that I, right. I am most worried about. <laughs> I'm going to rapid fire a few here. Um, Swift has missed two days of practice. Kittle's still out of practice. Um, and T, T Higgins hasn't cleared protocol. Um, out of those people, uh, are any of them uh, you're optimistic about starting? Because I think right now you should be making plans to be without them for this week. I won't say that for Swift. Swift came out and said that he will uh, most likely be out there for Sunday. Um, I, I I think it's more so – I think Wednesday might have been he, – he, he got the rock on Sunday and, oh, and yeah. took it to the house oh, again, yeah. Philadelphia. So I think he'll be out there. I think we'll see a limited practice from tomorrow. If he misses all three, that's something else. Uh, mm-hmm. George Kittle, you know, I, I, it's a wait and see. Uh, if he's not yeah. on the field practicing, I'm not going to trust him for the weekend. I think you can. Um, I, I don't. I don't think you're m- making specific plans to replace Swift. I think yeah. um, you can be cautiously optimistic about Kittle because I think he got close last week. Um, you uh, can't He's the type really of guy be that, that optimistic. Practice, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't he, need to practice. I, I don't know what's going on with Higgins. He's got the uh, concussion and a non-football injury type miss today, so he had something else going on, um, and. Uh, yeah, so some optimism. Uh, J.K. Dobbins has gotten two full practices in. Uh, Lazard, Alan Lazard, the Green Bay Packers wide receiver, returned to practice today. Um, and uh, so you can just have optimism from them. I think some some managers like to wait and see coming off an injury. Um, I personally, it depends on if I'm favored or not in the matchup. Uh, if I'm if I'm not favored in a matchup and I have J.K. Dobbins and I would have to start like, I don't know, Michael Carter. Um, not that I'm speaking from very specific experience in, in a league or two. Um, I think I would start JK Dobbins as an underdog. I think I would start Michael Carter as a favorite. Um, what do you think about that? No, I, I think that makes sense. I think that's kind of how the, you have to play it. Alan Lazar is an interesting name because of how bad the Packers offense was able to, was working last week, which I was really concerned about because Sammy Watkins is not that good of a receiver. Uh, Randall Cobb is dust and mm-hmm. Christian Watson is exactly what we thought he was. He's a track athlete and that's always what I kind of thought he was. So it's, it's concerning, but what this is, it brings a huge level of trust. He gets Robert Tonian back at a much higher snap count, who I mm-hmm. also like this week. And he gets Alan Lazar back. So those are two yeah. very trusted targets of Aaron Rodgers. I think we're going to see a much better Packers offense this week. One would hope one would hope they did not Chicago look good. Well. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty confident, and when I say pretty confident, still like under fifty percent confidence interval. Okay. Um, I'm pretty confident that like Lazard and Tunyon are the are the running back or the skill position players that are not running backs that will lead the team in targets this week. Yes. I think that the target yeah. the target distribution is going to go Lazard, Tunyon. Running backs are going to mix in there at some point, but I, I think. I think all of the other players that may be disappointed, Dobbs, uh, is it Dobbs or Dubes? What are we going I have about? heard and said it seven different ways since we have started talking about him in this offseason. So I'm going I, with Dobbs. I got nothing. 
Uh, I'll, you go Dobbs, I'll go Dubs. Either way, we'll cover our bases. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going Dobbs. And uh, so he's an afterthought, in my opinion, for now. Uh, Watson dropped just a bomb. And Aaron Rodgers clearly upset. Um, As he and he's be. one that will put, put rookie wide receivers in the doghouse for stuff like that. Uh, Watkins is washed. Cobb is washed. Um, so I think, yeah, I think uh, Lazard is not a super talented player just in general. He has had opportunities to uh, be a target hog in Devontae Adams' absence, but it just hasn't happened. But I think that um, Rodgers is going to give him everything he can handle. And Rodgers will throw you open. doesn't matter how good you are. Rodgers will throw you open. I think um, Lazard is very much the Corey Davis in this offense. Kind of, you could have good moments. You could have good games. And more importantly, he's a trustful target that the quarterback likes and the coach likes because he's a good blocker. So he's going to be on the field. Mm -hmm. I just, the upside that, that top 10 ceiling, it it should be there, but it really isn't, you know, despite the physical, you know, Corey Davis with physical gifts and situation for Al Lazard. Yep. All right. Um, Just something for the people. I know um, our Lord and savior, the darling of the fantasy football community coming into week one. Michael Pittman was chalk in, in daily fantasy, um, and he hit 30 points looking like an alpha. He is. And he didn't practice today. Um, not good. Not good. This one snuck by me. Um, practicing on Wednesday and then not practicing on Thursday is a terrible sign for your availability on Sunday. Let's just hope that it's um, like a veteran management, load management day. Um, keep an eye on him. If he's not playing – my God, it might be time for Paris Campbell to finally get an opportunity and stay healthy. Oh, um, but he, 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 he yeah. does not, he did not look good in week one. He did not look explosive. No. It looks like those injuries did pile up and maybe he lost a step, but I'm not ready to give up hope yet. I'm still stashing him on several dynasty benches. It's just, there, there's like a community of Paris Campbell truthers. And I know you're part of the hive. Um, are you worried about Michael Pittman and, because we're eternal optimists, optimistic about Paris Campbell. My mic unplugged there, but I'm not worried about Michael Pittman because I I, I want to see what happens tomorrow. I want to see if he practices tomorrow. Um, it's it's not great, like you said, it's not great to have a downgrade in the middle of the week. But he also hasn't missed a game since Week Six of 2020. He's been fairly durable to date, so hopefully. He can play through whatever it is, and hopefully it's not that serious. Paris Campbell, I love him. I like him more in DFS, total dart throw type of situations. I think Alec Pierce is probably the best possession type of receiver that uh, makes us step forward. Coaching staff came out, gave him another vote of confidence that he dropped a touchdown. If he doesn't drop that touchdown, it's a very much different day game. Maybe we're even talking about him as, as a way for pickup. So, I think he yeah. probably does take the, the biggest step up as that bigger receiver than Paris Campbell. I believe in Paris Campbell, Sicoli. Do not I just, waver in your belief. I'm not wavering. I'm not wavering. I'm just being real that his his floor is much lower than a guy like Pierce if uh, if Pittman were to miss. Okay. Okay. I think I disagree with that. Give me, give me Paris Campbell all day. Maybe we could play um, both. This is the Jags, man. It's the Jags. Let's play both. Oof, woof. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, Gerald Everett, uh, tell me about him. Why Why are we excited about Gerald Everett? We're excited for Gerald Everett for every reason that he showed in week one, which exactly cap, uh, showed why anyone was excited for him before the season. And it's touchdowns, it's bigger play potential. It's somebody that can stretch the field with an elite quarterback in an elite offense 
who can then score touchdowns. And now he faces the Chiefs tonight, uh, as, as we're going to obviously get into, but he faced, faced the Chiefs, who allowed a touchdown to Zach Ertz, who was only playing at half, you know, half health coming off that calf injury, who didn't show up for the preseason at all. And he still found his way to the end zone, still got himself a two-point conversion. I think that type of red zone ability is what I'm targeting in my tight ends. And that, that means Gerald Everett. Yeah, I'm looking for a chart right now. Um, I also, when you mentioned Gerald Everett pre-show, I got really excited because he's really popping in like the the uh, high value touch models. So mm-hmm. like who's getting red zone targets, who's getting um, a high target share, um, who's running a bunch of routes. Like these things yep. all make tight end like a little bit more predictable. Um, it's not a very predictable position just in general, um, just because the volume's low. But uh, Gerald Everett checked all the boxes, and he's definitely a priority target in a very, very, very good offense in a game tonight that will score a lot of points. Um, Gerald Everett, you, you mentioned, uh, is this year's Dawson Knox. He's got some talent, man. He's he, he's definitely like in that uh, age range, too, where uh, tight ends tend to surprise us a little bit. If he's out on your waiver wire, go get Gerald Everett. Um, he could easily break out like Logan Thomas did a few years ago. I mean, a little bit yeah. different type of situation in terms of he was last man standing in Logan Thomas. But it's it's just – I don't worry about age and breakout variables with that with tight ends because it is so situation-based. Of I think so yeah. much matters in that coaching staff and the scheme of whether they're even willing to give him a chance. And Gerald Everett yeah. was in the Rams. The Rams do not use their tight end. So mm-hmm. I, I think there's a real chance that we're seeing something here with Gerald Everett, who is a really good prospect initially. Yes. And um, another thing is like tight ends, typically like tight ends that switch teams, like a lot of tight ends have success in their second contract, just because if that staff doesn't have patience with them um, because mm-hmm. tight end takes a long time to develop um, and learn how to block at the NFL level. And you can't be on yep. the field if you can't block as a tight end, see Mike Gesicki, drop him. Um, yep. Oh, what a shame. Shout out Penn state. Oh, um, but <laughs> but uh, Gerald Everett. Yeah. I think he's really good. And, and another very similar situation, uh, a, a tight end with some athleticism on his second contract with a good team is Hayden Hurst. So I'm not quite as excited about uh, Gerald or sorry, Hayden Hurst as I am Gerald Everett, just because um, Hayden Hurst, I think has a little bit more target competition, yeah. Um, but with T Higgins out, like again, Hayden Hurst is an amazing tight end play this week. Um, I, I completely oh. agree. I, I I love Hayden Hurst this week, and I think I think Joe Burrow is going to light up the Cowboys this week. I think he's going to take out every frustration with himself from last week from his pitiful performance against the Steelers. He's going to take all that out on Dallas, and Dallas is going to give them a lot of good field position. So plenty of touchdown upside for Hayden Hurst. Okay, I got um, I got the tight end chart here. We might just spend the rest of our time talking about tight ends, which you know, I think is fine. one of a bit of a troll. Two, <laughs> I like it because this is the time of year where you find those diamonds in the rough at tight end, yeah. and and you really see like an outsized return on on maybe waiting on tight end because if you didn't take one early, um, I I recommend that you take one late and and try to like really find that diamond in the rough in this time of year. So let's take a look. Uh, week one usage stuff. This is from Matt Olson. I have no idea who he is, but he's got a cool model and uh, he showed up in my nerd feed on Twitter. Um, so other nerds like this, I trust those nerds. And um, so I trust this chart. So this is an interesting way to do it, but he's basically created a model that like stacks all of these usage metrics on top of one another, just to show like an at a glance thing here about how much usage each tight end got. So yards per reception, that's an efficiency stat. 
average target distance, that is more of a usage stat. Like where is the tight end being used? Tight ends that are being used further down the field are more valuable to us. Um, target share is a usage stat. Like how, how large of the, the offensive pie does that tight end get? And then ends up red zone target share. This is one where I like to see a, a high red zone target share, especially if in these tight ends that we're targeting, because there are packages near the goal line where certain tight ends are going to get a lot of looks in every single game. Um, it looks like uh, the Cardinals are one of those teams. Zach Ertz here, again, didn't play a whole lot, but got a ton of uh, red zone target share. One thing I don't like about this chart, Michael, and if you took any math classes in college, you're probably able to point this out as well. We don't know how big um, the pieces of the pie are for each of these players. Okay. It's so all a relative. team, yes. Yeah. Well, it's not all relative, which is a problem. If it was all relative, ah. this chart looks a lot different. Um, so the thing is here is like Kyle Pitts um, had like zero red zone target share. Okay. <laughs> that's just because they might not have been in the red zone a whole lot. You know, yeah. like that's a, that's a variance yeah, yeah. thing. Um, Ian Thomas, similarly, probably because Ian Thomas is bad and they're not focusing him. Mark yes. Andrews, again, they might've just been scoring touchdowns from further out in this game. Devin du DuVernay, two long touchdowns. That's going to, that's going to, so again, take this with a grain of salt. Juwan jo Johnson's really interesting because he's being used. It looks like all over the field. Um, I, I have been so, Johnson? I have been so vocal about, I put out a tweet yesterday saying that I knew I was a fantasy nerd because of how giddy I was that I got Juwan Johnson because he his his it's his route participation. He has seventy eight percent route participation on dropbacks, which is top ten in the league. He mm -hmm. isn't he was a converted receiver, so his targets are downfield. He's huge. I the Saints are passing the ball more than they were last year. This isn't remember. This is also not Sean Payton's team. This is now Dennis Allen's team. So it's different tendencies. And Adam Troutman is getting all the inline blocks. So any of the snaps we don't care about, it's not to Jawan Johnson because he's not he's a, he's a receiver. He's basically discount Kyle Pitts. Yeah, we got a question in the chat here, which is super exciting. What's up, Ryan? Um, what do you got, uh, Marquise Brown or Gabe Davis? That's a good one. The matchups. Marquise Brown is against. Remind me, it is. Oh, excuse me. Let me pull that up. Uh, Marcus Brown against the Raiders and Gabe Davis, Buffalo being against da, 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 da. Uh, excuse me for not having that on hand. I really should remember the schedules, but uh, single, uh, what's it called? Gabe Davis against someone, someone remind me, Nick, 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 check that for me if you don't mind. I Either way, yeah, while, 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 while we check that. Marquise Brown was interesting because he had a very disappointing week last week, despite mm -hmm. what we were kind of hoping. You're kind of hoping they would demand those targets, but I think the entire Cardinals offense was just thrown to the wolves, and I think that Chiefs defense really took advantage of them. Uh, Gabe think, Davis would – what? I think this question is good because I think Marquise Brown and Gabe Davis both had very similar usage in week one, yeah. but one hit and one didn't. So That's Ryan right. here yeah. seems to be pretty sharp and asking, like – it would be easy just to say, oh, Gabe Davis, he had a better week one. That's not really how you play fantasy football in a winning way. So let me take – I got I got. That, Davis that said, That said, I would take – I would play Gabe Davis. I'd be riding the fire of – I understand that the, the target share wasn't as high as we wanted it to be and the touchdowns might not come every week, but Buffalo – Buffalo gets it done. Buffalo gets it mm -hmm. done. Buffalo gets you in the red zone, and I think Gabe Davis is just a good bet to score a touchdown. 
as well as potentially see a surge in volume. I don't think that's out of the question, especially when we saw how little Dawson Knox was used. So I I think, yeah, I would play Gabe Davis. Also, Tennessee might not just be a very good football team. Tennessee is a terrible football team. Uh, I'm I'm out on Tennessee. I'm targeting Tennessee if I can. Okay, I'm I'm with you on uh, Gabe Davis. So there you go, Gabe Davis. Um, also, the the Cardinals just don't really look um, like they have it all together right now. Um, yeah. looks like they're missing they, a certain DeAndre Hopkins or yeah. a good coach or a capable quarterback. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's too early to slander Ooh. Kyler Murray, but it's just Ooh. not. It's not getting there for me. But yeah, no, no problem, Ryan. No problem. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh. Good stuff here from uh, Matt Olson. Um, Pat Fryermuth scores a lot of touchdowns because he gets targeted in the red zone a lot. Um, but yeah, um, Trey McKitty, look out for him tonight. Is he going to play? Because he's popping up in the uh, the model. He, for me. he dropped. A, he did have a bad drop last week. I think he'll play because that tight end room is incredibly thin, and he's a decent blocker. But I mean, I I think the only person getting snaps that we care about is Gerald Everett. Buddy, not in showdown slates. Not when, not when Trey McKitty's four hundred dollars and everybody okay. else is over a thousand. <laughs> sure, uh, if if you really, if you really want to be digging deep and you really want to count on him getting that fade touchdown, it's possible. But I'd say it's no, it's no more possible than Elijah Penny from the Giants last year getting a couple of touchdowns. You remember that week? Do you remember that crazy week where Elijah Mitchell like? Uh, not Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Penny, whatever. That's a very I don't even remember reference. who Elijah Penny is. So that's uh, fine. Fullback, fullback. Yeah. It's a fullback okay. reference. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Next thing you're gonna do is you're gonna drop an IDP reference in here. I'm oh. holding myself back. Oh. Okay. All right. Um. So Gerald Everett. Uh. We can keep this pretty short. Uh, we can, yeah. I I say that you just drop Cam Akers. It's not good. It's just I... not good. I'm not there yet. I want to hold him through this matchup against Atlanta. Which Did you? Very, what? Were you drafting him if he fell to oh, you? No, like, no, no, no. Okay. I was. So, I was very much avoiding that entire RB dead zone of the Josh Jacobs, the Elijah Mitchells, the uh, what's it called? I mean, it's undefeated. Uh, I, I want to. I want to fade that narrative so bad, but it's undefeated. Every year, every year we have this dead zone, and every year maybe there's one, maybe one hits. And maybe someone falls deep enough that he shouldn't be in the dead zone, but it feels like he is. Like, Brees Hall was slipping at the end of drafts for some reason. I, I don't get it. But um, either way, it's someone that I, I, I don't have a lot of shares of, but I do have one dynasty league with them in. Yeah. I do not want to play him. I'm trying to find other options. But I do ha- I want to see how he does against Atlanta when the Rams are going to win. I want to okay. see different game scripts that we saw them last week. I want to see game week two. I'm still locking in Daryl Henderson as a starter over him. I'm trying not to play Acres, but I do want to see what we have. I think the most likely scenario that plays out here is that we see a bump in Acres usage just because I think he and McVay had a conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Akers says, Show is, me. he's not yeah. running with urgency. What I'm hearing when I hear that is he's not running with the same burst after his Achilles tear, which is – Probably the most likely scenario. I, I think say the that. Achilles tear is an issue. Oh, it, it, that's a hundred percent possible, and it's also possible that it takes a couple of years to get back to it. Where mm-hmm. we we've seen, obviously, obviously Marlon Mack hasn't really got back on track, but Deontay Foreman took like two, three years, and we kind of saw what Deontay Foreman was at the end of mm-hmm. last year when he filled in for Dark, uh, Dark Henry played very well. So 
it might just be it might just need you know need time for Cam Akers, which won't be yeah. good for a redraft. But I do want to see how he does against Atlanta. It's a very good matchup if he's not used. It's just the upside, right? We we have the chance of it's the Rams offense. I still want that running back. Cam Akers still has that route, and so yeah. I'm willing to hold him against Atlanta. So Daryl Henderson is the locked probably, starter for me. Yeah, probably likely to get hurt at some point. He's just not one of those also backs true. that seems to be able to. Like he doesn't have a great durability. I think durability is maybe a skill, but I think it has a lot to do with like the way yeah. it's physique and like Dalvin Cook um, kind of has that recurring issue. I'm trying to think. Like some of these backs, like just take good care of themselves, and and they they have like their the NFL teams are just they just seem to have like Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is very durable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Frank probably Gore his, after a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Some of these backs, their best ability is availability, and Daryl Henderson's he's not in that category. Um, I mean, I think it's better than fifty percent that Cam Akers' like RB one career is over. Probably. Period. Um, which is sad because he's really talented. Um, yeah. A Rob, you think he's going to bounce back this week? Tell me why. I'm all in on that because as if you're on if you're on fantasy Twitter, it circulated within 24 hours after. Someone chopped up, put out every single snap that Allen Robinson put out there, and he was open on almost all of them. Let me and- pause you there. Imagine being down that bad that you like tilt, cut up every single one of Allen Robinson's routes. Um, someone someone went all in on him. Someone went all in on him. Because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, that's it, really yeah. good stuff. But I, I just think it's funny. It, I can it just imagine funny. just like because I, I, I mean, I was, I was not shying away from Allen Robinson at all this offseason. Oh, I'm, but. I've been all in all offseason. I'm not going to tilt because of one game. I will also say that the Bills got after the Rams more than I ever expected they could and ever yeah. will. This without season. blitzing. Like, without blitzing. Without blitzing. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think Stafford is. I, I, I think the Rams. It's either this. You either believe that McVay has been figured out in week one against the defense that was number one in points allowed, number two in passing yards allowed, like an unbelievably talented defense that got Von Miller, that team, they either just shut down the Rams for a week or the Rams been figured out. I tend to lean that there was a Bills and that the Falcons serve as a beautiful bounce back opportunity for Allen Robinson, somebody that I think is still very talented. Robert Woods had a bad week one last year. It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. I would, I think he's going to have like a better game, like actually get some looks from Matthew Stafford. But I mean, he's probably going to draw plenty of AJ Terrell, who's a good cornerback. Um, Why not Cooper Cup? Cooper Cup could get him. They're going to, I, I know they're going to put Cooper Cup in the slot, try to avoid that, put down Robinson in that man cover situation. But yeah, I, 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 I think, I, I, I don't think AJ is going to, I think AJ is going to try to find Cooper Cup when he can. Uh, you, okay. did, you have to put your best guy on them. I, I, I would need to maybe see uh, you. You got some football guy, uh, some football guy knowledge on that, so I'll trust you. But I would love, uh, yeah. Also, Matt Stafford's not afraid to throw it up to a one-on-one matchup in the end zone. Sure, um, doesn't matter how good the corner is. That's why we love Matt Stafford, um, for sure. All right, let's um, let's talk a little bit about uh, the San Francisco backfield, and then um, let's jump into some takes for tonight. Uh, while you talk about Jordan, Jordan Mason, I'm going to pull up the optimal lineup for showdown tonight, according, sure. according to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, Jordan Mason. So a lot of people would say, who is that guy? Uh, well, that's that's fair because he's an undrafted free agent this year. He's a 23-year-old running back. Uh, it's it's He's not great. 
All right. I don't want to talk anyone into thinking that he's the next next Austin Eckler as the undrafted breakout. He's not. But he was the one that was active last week uh, behind Jeff Wilson, obviously Elijah Mitchell. I expect him to be that backup. He's someone that they liked. It's hard for an undrafted player to make the roster, let alone be active week one. He beat out third round pick uh, Tyrion Davis Price. We know what Shanahan likes to do, or we know what Shanahan prioritizes draft picks, which he doesn't. We saw what he did with Trey Sermon. He's kind of repeating that with Tyrion Davis Price, TDP. So I think Jordan Mason's the number two back behind Jeff Wilson, but it's going to be the Jeff Wilson show. Should he go down? I think Jordan Mason is the guy that will take advantage or someone on the outside. So Jeff Wilson is the guy, but Jordan Mason is the guy behind him. I'm not worried about TDP at all. Yeah, so that's – I mean, I'm, I'm glad you feel pretty good about that. I think Schefter came out and said uh, Mason's the guy. Um, I, I think the that's more speculation than anything. Sure. Um, yeah, I just like I, I would be uh, trying to expose myself to this backfield as much as possible um, just because it's a good fantasy backfield and um, there's a lot of uncertainty, and when there's uncertainty, there's a discount. There's value. So, yeah. Yeah. So – I think, I think at this point, people kind of understand what's going on there. And I think it may be closer to a coin flip between TDP and Jordan Mason, just because I think Jordan Mason was active because of his special teams usage, not because of his, um, his like uh, ability to be the backup. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I want to know uh, the preseason reports. You, you seem pretty confident that, that uh, Mason did beat out uh, TDP in preseason. Yes, that that's that's everything that I read was that Jordan Mason did have a stronger preseason. Again, undrafted players do not make the roster unless they a are really good on special teams or they're really good on special teams and they can contribute. So, I I I, I do think that's why he beat it out. I think that's why he was active week one. I don't think it was just special teams. I think they the coaching staff does genuinely like him. All mm-hmm. in all, though, I think Trey Lance is Trey Lance is the goal line running back. Trey Lance is the guy that we're going to care about the most in this rushing attack. So I think between Jeff Wilson and Trey Lance, I think those are the only two names I'm really talking about. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's move on to tonight's game. Should be a really fun one. I'm pretty excited actually. Um, I've just, I mean, football's back, baby. Oh yeah. We got the Kansas city chiefs. We got the chargers. We got Justin Herbert. We got Patrick Mahomes, probably the two, uh, most exciting, talented, like pure quarterbacks that yeah. can run if they have to, but are just carving up um, offenses early, or defenses early in their career. Um, I'll, 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 sh- I'll throw a quick take out there. Mike Williams is going to absolutely smash tonight. Why? Um, he's going to get a target bump because Allen's out. He's been historically really good against the Chiefs, um, and the offense environment is just going to be nuts um, in this game. Um, we got a strong O-line versus a strong D-line. Uh, the Chiefs O-line is strong, um, and the Chargers defensive line is strong. So th- I think they'll kind of cancel each other out. And the same is true on the other side. I think that the uh, Chargers offensive line is not quite as good as the Chiefs, um, but the Chiefs defensive line maybe isn't quite as good as the Chargers. So, um, again, I think we're going to have a lot, a very nice environment here for a lot of points. Last last reason why I believe that is because um, both uh, the number one corners for both teams are out. That's J.C. Jackson for the Chargers, and that is um, the rookie. What's his name? Um, uh, Isaiah McDuffie. McDuffie. That's why yeah. you're the best in the biz, brother. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm calling out Mike Williams um, and Palmer. 
uh, as people that will get uh, the biggest bump in target snaps, et cetera, et cetera, with Keenan Allen being out. Uh, what do you got for us in terms of tonight's game? Funny enough, I think Austin Eckler gets the biggest bump with Keenan Allen being out. I, I, you know, you, you know me, you know my feelings about Mike Williams. I love Mike Williams. I can't for some reason get totally in on him for this game. I worry that they're really going to sell out to stop Mike Williams and force Josh Palmer and co to beat him, beat them. But mm-hmm. besides that, I, on the other side of the ball, I really do like Juju. I think that he is the guy in this offense. And I understand they said before the year, it's going to be more of a committee, but Juju is currently in my captain slot, believe it or not. Wow. And a guy that doesn't have a, I, I, he's perceived not to have a ton of upside, but again, we're, we're Steelers fans. We know what he could be. We've seen mm-hmm. that he could be we're that sick. guy. Listen, you could just say we're sick. We're sick, yes. Uh, six catches for 79 yards last week. Most of that, almost all of it, came in the first half. That's a lot of upside that you remember the Chiefs routed them. They had no need for Juju to be anything in the second half because they had that game in full control. So I think Juju oh, yeah. has a good chance of continuing that start in a very good offense with a secondary that can be exploited because I think Derwin, Derwin James is going to be glued to Travis Kelsey all game. So I'm not yeah. worried about the rest of that. It's it's Juju versus Asante Samuel. And Asante Samuel got toasted last week by Greg Dorch. So I think Juju's Asante been- Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel you, Jr. Because, I apologize. Yes. Because I'm old enough. I'm old <laughs> yes. enough to have started yes, in yes, Madden yes. 2002 and maybe 2006. I'm not that old. Madden 2006. One of the one of the pre 2010 Maddens. Every single year, Asante Samuel Sr. would end up on my like dynasty squad. That's where all this started, folks. Um, oh, yeah. I used to you, you used to build lineups and then sim the season. That's the type of guy I was. That's why I love fantasy so much. So Asante Samuel Sr. was a rookie in one of the years that if you um, got him on your team in year two, he was like a 99 overall corner. Um, junior seems to have a little bit of work cut out for him. He, he's not a rookie, is he? No, it's the second. I- second or third year i believe it's the second yeah. year uh but he was yeah. exposed last week and i think juju is a very capable receiver to do that again mahomes is even more capable i am i do think the under hits in this game because i do think this oh. chargers defensive line is one of if not the best in football so wow. i i i think i i, I would we disagree on that okay okay I, I i i think that joey bosa and khalil mack and sebastian joseph day is an unbelievably talented unit that the Chargers have not had in past matchups. Joey Joey Bosa okay. wasn't active in some of these games last year. Yeah. All right. Well, let me show the people the uh, winning lineup for tonight. How about it? Oh, please try. Show me. You know, I, I got to know it. I got to win. Um, so this is uh, what I'm playing like in head-to-head matchups. I, I, that's all I play on Showdown. I'm, I mean, I probably could get weird, but I would just rather play the best plays. Um on these one game slates. So come on. Jared McKinnon. I'm tempted, man. All right. So what we're looking at here is uh Herbert in the captain spot. If you're playing head to heads and you don't have both quarterbacks, you're you're punting away value. Yeah. We already talked about Williams and Palmer. I did not hand build this. This is not gut. This is what spit out in an optimizer based off of like eight different projection models. Um, so this is just what was spit out. There's our, there's our buddy, Gerald Everett. And then to kind of make it all work, um, you have Jarek McKinnon, who uh, has kind of his own isolated role in this offense. Um, so last game, 
Um, he had four attempts for 22 yards. Um, how many targets did he have? He had four targets. So that's eight opportunities. And if any injury happens in game, um, I think his opportunities increase uh, because I think they, they probably trust him a little bit more in pass pro than Isaiah Pacheco. Um, yep. But even if Isaiah Pacheco were to go down, he has a very small slice of the pie as well. Um, so Jarek McKinnon is one of my favorite plays uh, tonight and a great pickup on any waiver wire. If you, if, if you're looking for some, some points uh, to slot in and if you have injuries and whatnot, he's a good emergency yep. flex. And he got, he got a red zone touch last week. Obviously CEH was the guy getting that, but um, yeah, I, I definitely see the upside. I think McKinnon's got the juice to kind of rip one off if need be. Like, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he ripped off a 25-yard reception at 2,600. It's a nice little play. Uh, my lineup is based on Yahoo scoring currently, so kind of giving a different perspective. I have Juju in my captain slot, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. That is currently my yeah. lineup. Subject to change, but I'll be in class in an hour, so I might be there during the start of the game. Okay. Okay. Catastrophic. All right. Um, well, let's close it down for the people. I think we gave them plenty. Um, oh, yeah. Let's see. I know uh, you used to your rant. I What's did your do rant, a rant tonight? You have a rant? Let's I go. Did, well, I, I I did it last year, and I you know I, I can make one this year because I, I do enjoy doing it. My rant for this one, Mike's rant. All right, it, it's going to be a rant in week two. How angry Listen, are you? I oh my, uh, you know what? If I could say one, we have a question coming in. I, I appreciate that, the Joker. We're going to get to that in a second. Let me do this real quick. The I'll do 30 seconds of each, all right? 30 seconds dedicated to Nathaniel Hackett, who had me eliminated from my survivor pool because the Broncos obviously lost, had me lose $100 in bets because the Broncos lost, and not giving your quarterback the ball on fourth and five with a minute left is unbelievable, and he should have been fired. But about tonight's game, I do think Juju Smith-Schuster could have a very, very good year. I think he's had... He flashed it at the beginning of, of, of week one. He's connected to Patrick Mahomes. This is a weak offense or a weak offensive core that MVS has never been able to take advantage of. Sky Moore is a developmental prospect who only played a handful of snaps in week one. Juju is the only guy here that's established other than Travis Kelsey, and he had a good week one. He just didn't score. And we know he can do that. He did it with the Steelers. It's just been a minute. So I think there's a lot to like with Juju this year. He's a great buy candidate within a couple hours because I think he really does announce himself in this uh, in this game tonight. All right. So um, we got a couple questions rolling in. Um, let's start with the Joker. So the Joker asked uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. or David Montgomery. Great rant, by the way, Michael. I'm just excited we have questions in the chat. That's something yeah, new yeah, for us yeah, this year. Yeah. Um, so – what do, you, what do you think? Uh, we got to start two of uh, Wilson, Montgomery, Penny, Gainwell, uh, Claypool, and Jamal Williams. Let me make it easy for you, Sokoli. I'm not starting Gainwell or Jamal Williams personally, so I'm taking them out it. of the player pool. Sure. Um, so it's it's two of Jeff Wilson, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, and Claypool. Let, let me help you right now, then. I'm not playing David Montgomery if my life depended on it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So Jeff wow. Wilson, Jeff Wilson's to me here is an easy lock. I think he's the easiest guy to have the heaviest workload and the most valuable touches against Chicago this week. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 he's an easy pick for me here. It's that second name. That's a little bit more difficult. I was I'll make it easy by, for you. Please. Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool fired up, buddy. I was that's... encouraged by Chase Claypool getting carries last week mm-hmm. it was really encouraging to see. Najee Harris is obviously a little bit more nicked up. I don't, think we can count on Chase Claypool getting carries every week, but it shows that that's what they want to do. It worked. They won. 
So Rashad you Penny, a- I, I'd, I'd play Claypool, especially if Kenneth Walker's back for Rashad Penny. Okay. Um, I think Kenneth Walker will be back. Um, I I, I'm on the same side. I think it, it's really tough. And if it's a PPR league, I'd go Claypool. If it's a half PPR league or standard league, I'd go Montgomery. Um, Montgomery is playing uh, San the Packers. Fran? San Fran, right? No, they played San Fran last. last oh, week. they played last. I apologize. Yeah, the Packers. Yeah. yeah. Either way, I'm not very in love with that matchup either. I think Cole mm-hmm. already showed that he's biting into that role. Yeah, yeah. So because of that, I think Chase Claypool is kind of ascending. David Montgomery might be on his way down. Um, so I'll, I'll lock in Jeff Wilson and, and Claypool there too. Good question, Joker. That was a fun one. Um, and then Bengals or Browns. Right off the get go, I said Bengals um, in my mind. Um, I think they're a little bit better of a defense than I think we would normally give a Bengals defense credit for. Um, the Bengals play. The Bengals are on the road in Dallas. The Browns are hosting the Jets. Both obviously very favorable matchups. I think both defenses are very good. I think the Browns with Miles Garrett, with JOK, with Grant Delpit, it's a very talented unit. And the Bengals the same way with Logan Wilson, Trey Hendrickson, Jesse Bates, name, 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 because it's very talented yeah. Uh, teams. So I think, man, I think I'd line up. I really do think the Bengals embarrass them. I think I do. I think they do. So I think I'll take the Bengals. I don't, I don't think you have a bad play on either, either side. Yeah. I, I think it's probably a coin flip. Both are good plays. I'll, I'll probably, I'll just take the home defense, the Browns, just yeah. because that, that typically, that has a better Miles, history. Miles Garrett will obliterate whoever they line up at tackle. The Jets do Joe Flacco. Yes. Is done. They were they were literally chanting for Mike White of all people. Yeah, um, which wouldn't be good they, if that, they play the Browns defense. <laughs> yeah, I I know they're the New York Jets, but where the hell do they even play the Badlands? Where is that? that that's in New they, Jersey. It's the middle of nowhere. Believe me, as the okay. New York resident, I I can't stand that life. It is literally in the middle of nowhere. Okay. New so yeah, there you go, Smokey the Cat. Great name. <laughs> the uh, yeah the the defense we would play there would be the Browns. Um, good lineup too. You're gonna have fun tonight with Herbert and Kelsey for sure. Pick three of Zeke, Monty, Henderson, Hunt, and Renfro. It's a uh, twelve-team right PPR. Uh, Henderson and Hunt go... are locks for me. I'll tell you that. Okay, Henderson and Hunt. We've already established that we're not playing David Montgomery, so we'll stay consistent. And then um, Zeke against the Bengals. Uh, I don't like it. I, I think yeah. it's Renfro for me against Seattle. I think Seattle is an exploitable matchup. It's scary. It's definitely scary, but I think Renfro will get a little bit more work than he got last week. Um, mm-hmm. I think Seattle won't be able to get to uh, to Derek Carr like the uh, Chargers did last week. So I think the entire Raiders offense will be a little bit more spread out with a little bit more time to throw. So that's Renfro, and I really like Henderson against Atlanta. I love Kareem Hunt against the Jets this week. Yeah, I'm probably going Henderson, Hunt, Zeke, just because I think mm-hmm. – um, Renfo is going to really have a tough time getting targets with Devontae Adams on the team this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it's just yeah. one of those games that it could work. And I think he could get a touchdown because he's got, he's so good in the red zone. I, I know Devontae Adams obviously is as well, but I think Renfro is that number two target down there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm scared with Zeke. I, I didn't like him entering the year and I don't like him going into, I, I don't like him against Cincy without a quarterback. I, he, he wasn't usable for us in last week, and now you don't have Dak, and you go against a tougher defense. Yeah. Not a tougher defense, but a very talented defense. Yeah. Uh, Smokey the Cat, again, solid squad. That's a hard decision not to drop. 
I mean, ideally you have an IR spot and you can put Gallup in that IR spot. Um, but out of that group, I'm, I don't know, Gallup, Godwin, Burks, Curtis Samuel. Madison. I think you could, you would drop Madison. Yeah. Unless yeah. you're a Delvin Cook owner. And even then it's kind of restricting your upside. I, He's not going to do anything for you until Dalvin gets hurt. It could be eight mm-hmm. weeks until Dalvin gets hurt. So yeah, I, I'd I would rather drop, see. I, I'd rather I would, see what I have. I would probably drop Gallup, um, just because it looks like it's a two wide receiver league, and you have JJ Ayuk, mm-hmm. Renfro. If it's, solid. if it's a if it's a two wide receiver league, I, I agree there because I, I don't I don't need to roster two injured receivers. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I if it's two two uh, starting two receivers, I would I would get Gallup. And Curtis Samuel, I, I I like him a little bit better than Renfro um, in that, like, start three question you had earlier. It's a little closer, Curtis Samuel and Zeke, because Curtis Samuel is a talented player that is being used all over the place. Scott Turner is, like, scheming a lot of usage for him. I don't know if that was just, like, matchup dependent, um, but no, Curtis Samuel yeah. had a I great mean, Scott, game. Scott Turner was his play caller in Carolina as well. Uh, and he faces Detroit week two. That's a very favorable matchup. We saw what AJ Brown did to them. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't like starting Zeke, so I'm gonna I'm gonna switch. I, my... I don't like either. Yeah. Yeah. Henderson Hunt, Curtis Samuel, Yolo. I Renfro or Curtis Samuel. I. Hmm. Yeah, I might go Curtis Samuel. I might chase that usage. I might chase that Scott Turner narrative, and uh, mm-hmm. both having good matchups. I. I oh man. I. I, I guess. I, I guess I would go Curtis Samuel, Henderson Hunt. Henderson Hunt being a locked-in play for me. Yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks a lot to the Q&A. Really great Q&A today. Ton of uh, fun. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, um, we'll be here every Thursday at 5 p.m. So tune in. Um, honestly, if if the whole show needs to be uh, – yeah, there, there we go, Smokey. If the whole show uh, needs to be Q&A because we have so many people in here, then then we will have accomplished uh, our goal. Yeah. Um, even better. I'm going to shout out uh, the IDP guys. Make sure you're, if you're into IDP, um, IDP is when you get to play defensive players. Um, truly, truly the, the sickest individuals in the fantasy space. But these people, uh, these IDP guys, as it were, um, they know their fantasy football. So make sure you check them out. It's idpguys.com, correct? .org, yes. It's it's, it's an incredible group. It's, it's a ton of fun for doing that content. It's a lot of fun to have double the amount of fantasy to worry about where all of a sudden you, you care about who's making that attack and you care who's the next man up after Jamal Adams goes down. It's just more football, more fun. I think that's what we're all here for. So it, it's a ton of fun. Great. And then um, we also got um, my kind of platform that I'm on, that I'm on this year. I'm doing a lot of work for gridironai.com. Uh, we use like machine learning uh, uh, programming technology to generate our projections, which is a little different. Um, some cutting edge stuff. And I'm putting out a lot of um, content like waiver wire pickups, um, start type stuff, live streams um, at gridiron.ai on Instagram. So if you want to be, if you want to inject some uh, fantasy football knowledge into your daily scrolling, that's a good way to do it. So make sure you follow um, gridiron.ai. I'm putting a lot of um, time into, into building the audience on that Instagram platform. So I would appreciate a follow over there. And uh, we will see you next week on Thursday. I will see you, Michael Sicoli, next week on Thursday. Make sure you give this guy a follow at Michael underscore underscore Sicoli. And for me, go follow that Instagram account, gridiron.ai. Thanks, everybody. Take it easy.